hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Oh God, that is our, the cry of our hearts, is to be yours. The cry of who we are, knowing that we live in a difficult time. And sometimes the world calls us to go where the world wants us to go. It's so easy for us to abandon you. God, as we continue in this series on, or finish this series on the fruit of the Spirit, help us to live in that Spirit so that people may see you in us. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. (coughs) I'm just thankful for uh, flexibility. I I think that is a a big word that uh, we can use in ministry a lot. It's that we have to be flexible, because you don't know what's going to be coming down the pipe. I think that's just life in general, isn't it? You have no idea what life is going to give you, but there is one thing that we do know. is that the faithfulness of God will always be with us. So over the past several weeks, we've been talking about the fruit of the Spirit. So I wanted to go ahead and just kind of do a pop quiz here. Can anybody say the fruit of the Spirit? Charlotte's a white woman. Well, of course, yeah. Love, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Did I say them all? I think I missed one. I think you did too. Yeah. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, kindness, and self-control. Gentleness. That's why I have it written down right here. So I'm going to read our, read our the, the fruit of the Spirit. This is a, a scripture that we went back and forth. But if we had a pro presenter, I'd have it up for you all to read with me. But this is Galatians 5, 22 through 24. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who, there is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the self with his passion. And its desires. We, we've taken a look at uh, different cartoons and everything. And, and if we were in the sanctuary and we were able to put a little cartoon up on the uh, screen today, it would be from the movie Inside Out. Do y'all remember that movie? Know that movie? That's that what different emotions and the feelings and everything. And the main character was Joy. Joy. And she was so much fun. I, I, you know, I loved Loved watching Joy, and, and if you go online, you can see kind of an intro to who Joy is. But 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 Joy is this this kind of attractive, uh, this amazing feature or feeling that 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 just kind of draws people in, and and, and invites people in to be a part of of, of what is happening around them. 
And I think joy is such an important fruit of the Spirit because it reminds us of, of, of what God does. God, through joy, invites us continually to be a part of what is happening around us. One of the songs that I remember growing up, and maybe you remember this too, that we would sing uh, during vacation Bible school or our Wednesday night program that we had when I was growing up or just any time the church would get together is a song, I got the joy, 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 joy Down in my heart Down in my heart Down in my heart I got the joy, 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 joy Down in my heart Down in my heart to stay Joy is something that we want to have a part of us Joy, joy is something that, that we desire to live and to live in, and, and when we don't have that joy, there becomes a hole. When we don't have that joy, there, there, there becomes an, an emptiness. And, and I think we try to fill that emptiness with so many different things that doesn't quite fit that hole. Our scripture that we're using to round out our series talks about the type of joy that we as followers of Jesus Christ should have. If you have your Bibles, because they won't, won't be up on the screen, I invite you to turn to Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Paul is talking to or writing to the church in Philippi. And he gives these very important words as he starts to round off his letter. He says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. I love how verse 4 starts out. And I know that Paul was writing this, but I can see those who were reading this letter to the church in Philippi having a little fun with this passage. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice. Because rejoicing is important. And, and, and not just in ourselves, but, but Paul is making sure that, that the Philippians know that we rejoice in the Lord always. That, that God has us through, through anything that we might be going through. Which gives me a question for you. Have you ever tried to manufacture joy? Have you tried to, to make joy happen? Paul has. I think Paul is doing this right now. If you're familiar with the situation where Paul is when he is writing this letter, where is he? He's in prison. He, he's not only in prison... He is in chains. We hear earlier in Philippians chapter 1, he says that I am in chains because of Christ. 
I, I, I am in change because I have presented the gospel of Jesus Christ. But guess what? We rejoice. We rejoice in the Lord because He is our strength. And we allow the gentleness of God to be a part of who we are and let that be seen by, by everyone. Paul was manufacturing joy while he was in prison. We, we do that all the time. I remember one time recently, Sam now, I can't believe he's in fourth grade, but, but when he was little, our grandson, and, and he would fall. And, and you know, you have that look that, that a kid or a grandkid gives you because they're trying to figure out exactly how they're supposed to react to a situation that just happened to them. They'll, they'll sit down and they'll look at you with these, these wide eyes and say, okay, what are, what, are, what are the adults around me going to do? Or are they going to freak out and go, oh, no, 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 poor baby. And then they just start crying. Or, or, or are they going to start laughing and, 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 and being happy to, to hopefully allow them to see, oh, it's okay, it's no big deal, it's a baby soul, just fine. See, that is manufacturing joy. Instead of trying to, to get them to, to waller in their situation in that moment, realizing it's no big deal, I'm fine, I'm, I'm okay, nothing's hurt, nothing is broken. That is a way to manufacture joy. As this letter moves through, Paul is wanting to get to see that the joy of the Lord is his strength. The joy of the Lord is the one that, that builds him up, that continues to allow him to be in ministry, even in the most difficult circumstances. Philippians has some of those verses that, that we may hold on to when life is hard. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know, we like to sometimes take that passage and, and make that kind of like a bumper sticker. But, but when we take a look at what exactly Paul was saying, it's like, I have God with me through nothing. It has nothing about winning a ball game or, or making sure you get something that you really want. But it's knowing that because God is with me, I have God's strength. So, so how do we rejoice? How, how do we rejoice or have joy? I think the most important thing to remember is that when we rejoice and have joy is that we live our lives in Him. We live our lives in Christ. That is such an important term in the New Testament. If you take a look throughout the entire New Testament, 180 times... In him or in Christ or in the Lord is written. Paul, Paul takes the majority of those by using it 143 times in his letters. Even in the book of Acts, as Paul is, is talking to those in Greece, in Acts 17, 28, he reminds them that it is in him, which is the actual term that is used in, in the NIV Bible, but in Christ, we live and move and have our being. We have joy in our lives because it is in Christ that gives us all that we need. There's a theologian by the name of E. Stanley Jones who talks about this in a book that he wrote called In Christ. It's a, a bunch of reflections that are based 
by looking and understanding who Christ is. And, and in this little devotional, he's talking about the disciples. And the disciples made many different decisions to live in Christ and to live outside of Christ. Even with Jesus in their midst, even with Jesus right there with them, the disciples made the opportunity or made the decisions to be either in Christ or not in Christ. When they stepped out of Him, when they stepped out of Christ in their thoughts and attitudes, the disciples became unhappy, they became destructive, and they became not creative. You see this throughout the Gospels. They quarreled about who was going to be first. They told other disciples who, who weren't a part of the twelve that, that they couldn't heal or, or teach because they weren't a part of them. They asked to call, that's one of my favorites, they asked to call down fire on the Samaritans because they didn't welcome Jesus into their town. See, those are examples and ways that, that we see the disciples not living in Christ, but having Christ nearby. Think about our own lives. When have we done something like that? Where, where we have Christ near us, but Christ is not in us. <coughs> When we have a tendency to say, well, this is the way that we have to do it because, well, this is the way that we do it. Not, this is the way we have to do it because we're listening to God's reach and call inside of our lives. But when we see the disciples in Christ, that is when we see remarkable things happen in the gospel. One of the ones that I think about, I know that I preached about recently, was Peter as he was walking out on the water to be with Christ. He knew that Christ was in him, so he knew that he could do what Jesus was doing, so he walked out upon the water. There are stories that Jesus sent out at the time, 72, to, to go teach and heal and, and, and to do all of the works that Jesus was doing, and they came back and they did exactly what Jesus called them to do because they were in Christ. And I think one of the most beautiful ways that we see this in the Gospel of Acts is that the people that they preach down fire from heaven, they preach the Gospel of love and redemption. That they went back to the Samaritans and they shared the Gospel of Jesus Christ with them because they were in Christ. I think one of the things that I've seen over the past couple of years is that we have become maybe more Christ-adjacent than have Christ dwelling inside of us. And when we become Christ-adjacent, we see that just like the disciples, we lose our creativity. We lose our constructive ideas. We lose our love and we lose our generosity. My friends, I think if one thing with the series that calls us to do is to call us back to living our lives in Christ, to have that, that joy that comes from knowing Christ so that we can do the creative ministry that God has called us to do, that we can be constructive and we can be loving and giving towards others. 
one of the ways that we see this happening within our lives is that we rejoice in the Lord and recount our blessings. It's so easy to, to be stuck in all of the negative things that are around us, but as James 1.17 reminds us, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. See, see, we're able to count our blessings because we know that, that everything we have is a gift from God. I think you all know, I was a little bit worried about moving worship over here to the, uh, the, the youth room because, well, what if people don't come? What if they don't see that? But you know what? We have a blessing. It's a blessing that I, I thought I'd choke Pastor Francis this room. You know, and I've heard from other people, I've never been in this room before. I didn't even know it was here. But see, that's a blessing. Because we are able to show people what it is that God has given us. And how we could use the space that God has given us to be a blessing. Not only to our church, but to our community. So many times we get so stuck in, in the negative things that are happening to us that we forget to count our own blessings. <coughs> One of the most recent ways that I have uh, started to do this is that ex exercise, an old church exercise called the examine at the end of the day. And it's, it's just uh, trying to write it down in a journal, but most of the time uh, I don't have the journal with me, so I just kind of sit quietly and I think, God, where have I seen your blessings today? Where have I seen your love for me today? Where have I seen you allow me to reach out in love to others today? And it may take a while, depending on, on the day that you're in, to, to come up with something, but I can almost guarantee you something. There is always something that you can count as a blessing. Just, I, know, I know that I've used this as a sermon illustration, but it was one of my favorite memories of doing mission trips uh, when I was a youth director, going to a home in Appalachia, and knocking on the door of the home we were, were working on, and uh, the, the owner of the home would walk up to the door and say, well, it's a good day, isn't it? I said, well, of course, any day that I'm able to, to put my feet on top of the ground instead of underneath the ground, it's a beautiful day. He knew that God had blessed him with the opportunity, and we must, like him, count our blessings. Another way is to realize that every day is blessed, and we are quite, we are quite possibly closer to the Creator than we realize. I don't think sometimes we understand that we are closer to God than, than we receive, just like Paul said to, uh, to the people in Greece, in him we live and move and have all of our being. God is near and dear and close to us. I wanted to share a quote from G.K. Chesterton from his book, Orthodoxy. In this book, he writes, because children have abounding vitality, because they are in spirit fierce and free, Therefore, they want things repeated and unchanged. They always say, do it again. 
and the grown-up person does it again until he is nearly dead. For grown-up people are not strong enough to exalt a monotony. But perhaps God is strong enough to exalt in monotony. It is possible that God says every morning, do it again to the sun. And then every evening, do it again to the moon. It may not be automatic necessity that makes all daisies alike. It may be that God makes every daisy separately, but has never gotten tired of making them. It may be that he has the eternal appetite of infancy. For we have sinned and grown old, and our Father is younger than we. That's a way to recapture joy. That, that's a way to live into the joy that God has us to say that God does it again, time and time again. When we wake up in the morning and we see a sunrise, we, we sometimes take that for granted because, well, it's always there. But what if God is going, you know what, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again because it brings me joy and I know that it brings my people joy. I know that, that, that it, it lifts up their hearts and allows them to be one with their Creator. Allows them to, to relish in the goodness of God, the greatness of God, the kindness of God, the mercy of God. As we are reminded in Lamentations chapter 3, verses 22 through 24, because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassion never fails. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. I say to myself, the Lord is my portion. Therefore, I will wait for him. What would it look like, my friends, if we lived our lives with that promise, knowing that God's faithfulness is new every morning? He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get worn out. But, but he wants to pour out his joy on us so that we can then pour out God's joy for others. I pray that as we complete this series, that we allow the love of God's faithfulness through the fruit of the Spirit to have that joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And allow that to be the engine that drives us so those fruit can be shared with others. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you for the reminder of all that you give to us. And I think it's easy for us to forget that you give us joy. And that is who you have called us to be, to be joyful people. Not, not joyful in the things of this world, but be joyful in you. To allow your love, your grace, your mercy to, to be a part of all of our lives. 
so that we may invite others to live in the fruit of the Spirit with us. So God bless us as we move through this next week. Help us to see joy everywhere. All of the new mercies that you give to us. And we pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. As the praise team comes forward and I return 